You're listening to Olympic Dreams, San Diego to Tokyo. Brought to you by Bill Howe Family of Companies. Thanks for checking out another episode of Olympic Dreams, San Diego to Tokyo. I'm your host, Stephen Luke, and the games are just a few weeks away. It's amazing they're almost here after being delayed for more than a year because of the coronavirus. My guest today was one of the first Americans to qualify for Tokyo, even before the games were canceled last year. Brooke Rabatou was literally born to climb. Coming from a famous rock climbing family, she, she doesn't even remember a time she wasn't climbing. It's sort of like what they did on vacation. Brooke is from Colorado and moved back home just before the coronavirus hit. She had been in school at the University of San Diego. She does a lot of her training here as well, so she's definitely an honorary San Diegan. Brooke is helping to put rock climbing on the map, largely in part because of her big social media following. She actually created some videos of herself climbing around her home when she was stuck in quarantine, and those videos went viral. Brooke is a young talent uh, with a chance to become an Olympic regular now that rock climbing and sport climbing is an official Olympic event. Here's my conversation with Brooke Rabatou. NBC7's Olympic Dreams, San Diego to Tokyo, is brought to you by the Bill Howe family of companies, plumbing, heating and air, restoration and flood. We know there have been many hurdles leading up to this, and we are so happy that everything is on track. We're all excited to watch this magnificent competition that we've been waiting a long year for. From all of us at Bill Howe Family of Companies, Plumbing, Heating and Air, Restoration and Flood, our very best wishes to our San Diego athletes from start to finish. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE. License number 488413. We know how. Hey, Brooke, thanks for talking with us. Good to catch up with you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. So what does an average day look like for you right now as you're full speed ahead towards Tokyo? Yeah, right now, um, training's definitely, you know, kicking up and a little more intense than before. So um, I guess my average climbing day is usually just wake up, um, you know, breakfast, and then usually like a kind of a workout. Um, and then lunch, and then like climbing for three, four hours, and then dinner and, you know, stretching and stuff like that, and mobility work, and then kind of go to bed. So it's like a full-time job, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, maybe, pretty much. Maybe more so. I know, not being off school, I was like, I'm going to have a lot of time, but um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's pretty busy, but in a good way. <laughs> At the University of San Diego, correct? Yes. I am. Okay. And so this isn't this. I found this really interesting because you were saying that a lot of people who are pro rock climbers decide not to go to college, and so that alone was sort of a big step for you, if you will, that was outside the norm that that we see from some rock climbers. Talk about that. Yeah, it's more of a. I don't know. Some people call it dirtbag life, you know, (laughs) like they like to travel in their van and go climbing all the time, which is awesome. Um, But I, I mean, I really enjoy school and learning. So for me, I knew that I wanted to like continue my education in college. Right. And so what are you studying? Uh, I'm majoring in marketing and minoring in psychology. So what's kind of cool about your story is you were one of the first Americans in any sport or event to qualify for the Tokyo Games. Yeah, um, well, right when I qualified, it was was kind of a shock. And honestly, it took like an hour for all the scores to settle. So like, nobody was really sure what was going on. But um, 
when my coach finally told me that it was like for sure that I made it, I was just in shock. Like I wasn't really that emotional or anything because I didn't quite believe it still in for like a while. <laughs> I feel like it didn't really hit me till um, the next day I went on a, a flight to Italy for a youth competition actually. <laughs> And so it was like an 11-hour flight or 12-hour flight. And so on that flight, kind of hit me, you know, to be away from social media and stuff. But, yeah. How Speaking of social media, uh, you have, you know, quite the following, certainly within the rock climbing community. Have you seen your uh, online stature grow since qualifying for the Games? And tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, for sure, like, you know, the Games does big things, and um, I've noticed that, yeah, I've gained, like, a lot of followers since then, and just a lot of engagement on my, you know, channel and stuff, which is awesome. I think people are tuning in just through lots of, you know, different Instagrams and just seeing me and then following me. Is that hard to keep up with sometimes? Um, It it can be. It can be, like, the media-wise, you know, just, like, interviews and photo shoots and videos and it's definitely a lot especially when I was in school having to do all that school and train um it's a little better now that I have a little bit ish more time <laughs> but um yeah Instagram wise though I'm, I'm not finding it too hard you know I'm still just posting what I want to post and trying to you know share my beliefs and with everyone so take me back to growing up because People who know you know that you come from a family of rock climbers. Your parents, I think, combined, what, have like seven World Cup championships between them? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty crazy. So I've seen pictures, and you were basically climbing walls that we see, you know, like Mesa Rim or or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. um, in diapers. Yeah. Do you remember not climbing? No, I don't really remember a time when I didn't climb. I mean, I started climbing when I was about, like, two years old, um, which is, like, the earliest you can climb. I wasn't even walking by then, right? (laughs) Um, Both my parents, like you said, were professional rock climbers, um, so I was really just born into the sport, and my brother does it as well, so it's a family thing, and that's, we always went on vacations, and our vacations were, you know, outdoor rock climbing trips, and um, family trips to the gym, so it was just, yeah, it's kind of all I've known and all I've loved. (laughs) You climbed before you walked. Yeah, pretty much. It's amazing. So you would go on family vacations that would be centered around climbing this cliff or bouldering or a wall or something. What does that look like? Yeah, um, I mean, just from when I was little, I was kind of like a crag baby. (laughs) Like my parents would take me out um, to the cliffs and, you know, they'd go climbing and I'd kind of hang out. And then when I was older, I would definitely be climbing too and, you know, learning learning kind of the ropes from them so we uh my dad's french so we also have a house in france in france like an hour from toulouse and um there's great climbing out there um so i kind of grew up around that which was you know definitely has helped me become the climber i am today that's pretty cool so would you have had the chance if you wanted to to compete for france um yes i could have competed for france i think (laughs) <laughs> I never actually my brother did compete for France for a year um, his situation's okay. a little bit different because he was born in France which actually does change things a lot so getting like yeah. all the paperwork is definitely a little hard but um, technically yes I think I could have competed for France <laughs> so is that what your parents did growing up I mean 
it's like, hey, have a cup of coffee in the morning and I'm going off to the office at the rock climbing gym or training? Yeah. Or did they have or did they have other jobs? Um, they had other jobs too. I know my mom was like a cleaning lady for a little or something like that. But um yeah, when you know, when their career was peaking, they were definitely in full training mode. And then after that my mom and dad like um they opened a gym, ABC Kids Climbing, and um so they have that facility and that team which my mom's like you know, the coach for, and it kind of started because of me and my brother. So that's been their path ever since. And they opened that in Boulder, Colorado, which is yes. where you live, right? Yes. Full time. Yes. When you're not in San Diego. Yeah. So half time. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got a gym that you can go to, um, I would imagine it was pretty early on where you started gaining some skills and maybe setting yourself apart from the average kid rock climber, if you will? Um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, as a lot of sports are, but especially climbing, it, you know, the, you just the more experience you have to, I feel like often the more you understand it and the better you'll be. So even though I'm really young, I've been climbing forever. So I kind of have that, you know, experience and I understand the movement of climbing. And I think that's really, really helped me both in competitions and outdoor climbing, just because I've been, you know, doing it my whole life. When you say you understand the movement, I mean, is it almost like a dance up the wall? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, especially when, you know, the the skills these day are, days are even more complex like than they used to be. Like back when my parents competed, it was a little bit more straightforward and like, I mean, it was very technical for them, but it was also like, you know, a lot of strength. And whereas now it's like a lot of, it's almost parkour sometimes. I think understanding that movement of like, you know, when you move this way, your body's going to go this way. You have to engage those muscles so that you don't do this. Just like the little things behind it or being able to read a climb. Um, we call it route reading before, like when you, for example, like when you're in a competition and you turn around and you see the boulder or the rope climb in front of you, you have to kind of read the movements so that you know what you're going to do. And I think I've gotten really good at that just because I, you know, I understand kind of the skills behind it and kind of what the setters want when they were creating these rock climbs. So, you know, sort of the elephant in the room is the fact that this is a new sport to the Olympics. A lot of people may be listening to this and said, I didn't even know rock climbing was a sport yeah. and that's because up until now it really hasn't been right. Mm -hmm. So how, what will it look like when we watch the Olympics on TV in Tokyo? How will this competition play out? So there's three different disciplines in climbing, um, bouldering, lead climbing, and speed climbing. Um, bouldering is low to the ground and based on difficulty. So you're just like, you know, trying to complete hard moves. And then lead climbing is also based on difficulty, but it's much taller and you're connected to a rope. And that's kind of more a little bit endurance based and, you know, trying to fight fatigue. And then there's speed climbing, which is the same, same route every time. And it's just based on time. So for, um, the Olympics, they combined those three disciplines and they're just, there's just one medal, I guess three, one set of medals. <laughs> um, and so they just multiply your three individual scores from, um, those disciplines and then the lowest score wins. It's almost like all round gymnastics or something. Yeah. So who is your big competitor or, or which countries oh, tend to be dominant? There's a lot. <laughs> um, but Japan right now is like one of the best in climbing. They just, they're really good at movement and their athletes are really strong. 
as well as Slovenia has um, some of the best, like Janja Garnbet. Gar- um, she's, you know, she sweeps the entire bouldering season last year, winning like all five or six World Cups. So she's definitely one to look out for. And for you, when you go into these competitions, is it the same people you see over and over again? Or will there be competitors that you're meeting for the first time at the Olympics? Yeah, they're all like, we'll know them all. I'll know them all beforehand because how you had to qualify for climbing, it wasn't um, based on your country. It, I mean, it was partially, but it's based on your world status. So you had to qualify through like world championships or, um, you know, a selection event. And it was, so it's the top 20 best climbers in the world for the combined format, not based on just your country. So everybody who I competed with at world championships, um, you know, those above me, also, like who beat me, also get to go to the Olympics. But um, it's in a, essentially like a similar field. So before the competition, are you like staring them down and like mugging them a little bit? Or are you like, <laughs> you know, giving them a high five and talking about what you had for breakfast? Yeah, more high five and breakfast. I mean, climbing is a really special sport in the sense that the community is amazing and everybody's I feel like everybody's friends and everybody's happy for each other which is awesome and not just like on a national level really on an international level like a lot of the people that I'm competing with are like some of my good friends and obviously we're all competitive and you know we want to do our best but we really do like look out for each other and we have fun together for you listen I think I was looking at some uh videos that there was a documentary that was done on you and I saw the earbuds in. Are you listening to music while you train? Um, yeah, when I train by myself, I love listening to music. It really hypes me up. But um, I mean, lately I've just been training with like friends and coaches, so I haven't really, you know, used my headphones in a while. But at school, like I often, um, you know, I just go to the gym because I have like, you know, three hours set aside for training and I know what I want to do. I have my plan. So I just put my earbuds in, you know, play my favorite playlist or whatever and get to work. <laughs> Give us some of your top, maybe your top five on your playlist. Oh, that's really hard. I feel, I feel like my songs change like all the time. Um, but I actually really like like kind of chill music. So I love like Maggie Rogers and Casey Musgraves. They're some of my favorite artists as well as just like random good music I find. <laughs> just keep switching it out. And so there isn't like a, a theme song that, um, um Beyonce can definitely will... get me hyped. I feel like if I'm <laughs> if I'm you know, if I need a psych song to send to my project, then I'll usually put on Beyonce. Then you okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> when you train in San Diego and uh and and you're getting off to uh the gym, where do you train? Um in San Diego I train at the Mesa Rim facilities. Mission Valley, right? Um, yeah, so oh, they've got a couple though. Yeah, they have a couple. So they have Mission Valley, which is the one that was closest to my school. It's like seven minutes. So I'd go to that one um, most of the time, especially when you know I didn't have that much time. And then there's uh, Mira Mesa, which is about 18, 20 minutes from my school. And there, there's like two facilities. There's a training center and then like a open to the public facility, which are both like awesome. Um, those ones are my favorite. So when I had the time, I would definitely go up there. What's been your favorite taco shop? Because everyone in San Diego has a favorite taco shop. Ooh, um, that's hard. I think Oscar's is really good. Is that by campus? Um, they have a few. 
there's like one near the beach, uh, kind of near like in between Mission and like Pacific Beach, but it's really good. Can you eat burritos? Like at this year in Olympian, right? Your <laughs> sport climbing. D- does that go with the program? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, before competition, I definitely try, like I try and, you know, not, I've never really diet, but like eat better. And I mean, all my life, I just like healthy eating. So I probably won't like get a massive burrito and eat it all in one sitting because I'm also just a pretty little person. <laughs> but, um, Taking a 30,000 foot view level at rock climbing, it seems like a sport that is getting more and more popular with mainstream. Yeah. What do you think that is? Is it climbing gyms? Is it um, the equipment? Is it yeah. that, that, that it's been competitions that people can watch like yours? Um, I kind of think it's a little bit of all of the above, you know, and as well as the outdoor aspect, I think definitely, you know, pulls some new climbers in. Uh, but I think the gyms is a big thing. Just you see gyms popping up everywhere, like climbing gyms. I mean, in Boulder, there's like six, which that's not that surprising. Boulder is a pretty athletic and cl- honestly climbing community. <laughs> How high will you go up without a rope or some sort of safety mechanism? Um, I just stick to like, you know, the Boulder areas. It's usually like 15 to 18 feet max with like really nice good pads below you. So when you've been outside, have you ever had, or maybe inside, have you ever had an injury from a fall? Um, yeah, I did. I hurt my knee in October, actually falling um in a competition and it's actually been quite the road to recovery i'm pretty recovered now but it took a lot longer than i was expecting what happened um yeah so i was in the competition i fell and my knee kind of went inwards and so my two bones hit so i got like a really bad bone bruise which then like squished my meniscus and moved my kneecap up and my fibula so my whole like just inside my knee just wasn't quite working properly so i couldn't straighten it for about a month and bend it for like month and a half to two months. And that's got to be scary because you're wondering, am, am I going to get better? Yeah, it definitely crossed my mind, especially like, you know, right when it happened, I was like, oh, this sucks. But like, I knew I didn't tear anything, which is great. But so I was like, oh, I'll be fine in a week because <laughs> I just, you know, look, I've ha- I've been really lucky with injuries. So well, the the good side is that you're still a teenager, right? So, you know, I'm sitting here, I hurt myself when I sleep. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you get older sometimes, I guess. The rebounding is, is helpful, and certainly in your sport. Um, have your parents given you any advice in terms of, um, I don't know, grasping this stage of, of life as a climber and, and, um, and what, you know, the knowledge that they have from having been down this road? Yeah, um, my parents have both been helping me, like, with kind of the mental aspects of climbing, because, you know, they've been, they competed for a while, and they're very wise in in that sense, so they've been, especially my dad, he's kind of, he's been um, training the kids at the gym for, like, mental training, and, you know, he's been helping me, too, just with how to, like, really focus on yourself, and, you know, only think about yourself when you're climbing, and breathing techniques, and just stuff like that that you know is so important in big competitions well brooke anything else you'd like to say before we uh move on here you've um you've got quite the following how can people follow you um yeah i mean follow me up my instagram brooke climbs <laughs> brooke climbs yeah brooke climbs pretty simple okay brooke rabbit too thank you for talking with us yes for sure thank you guys so much Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Olympic Dreams, San Diego to Tokyo. 
You can find more details of today's featured athlete in the show notes of this episode. You can also go to NBC7.com, and in the trending bar at the top of the homepage, you'll find a special section called Olympics San Diego to Tokyo. It's dedicated to the stories of these incredible athletes. And if you've enjoyed listening, please like, rate, and subscribe to Olympic Dreams on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. The Tokyo Olympics start Friday, July 23rd, and NBC is your official Olympic station to catch all the action. Thanks for listening.